you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the Locked On Orioles podcast. As always, I am your host, Connor Newcomb. On today's episode, a little bit later, we will continue our Orioles report card grade series as we look back at the O's and each individual player in the 2020 season. And today, part one of a two-part conversation about the Orioles outfielders on the bench. Dylan Atkinson from Utah Street Report is going to join us back on the pod. And we're going to talk about two guys from the bench outfield. We will talk Dilson Herrera, and then we will talk Dwight Smith Jr., who maybe had the most disappointing season of any Oriole in 2020. Of course, he got DFA'd about halfway through this short campaign, and we will dive deep into the Dwight Smith situation and uh, talk about what his future may be with the Orioles and in Major League Baseball in general. But we're also going to talk about the two playoff games uh, from yesterday and the two more that are coming up today on Thursday and a little bit of uh, disappointing Orioles news uh, in the front office as well. But we start today with playoff baseball from Wednesday. As we had two interesting results as the two teams trailing in the championship series that hadn't had a win yet each got their first W of the series yesterday. And wow did uh, playoff baseball start with a bang yesterday as the Dodgers beat the Braves 15-3 in Game 3 of the NLCS. It's now a 2-1 to series lead for the Braves and the Dodgers doing it by setting some records. 11 runs in the top of the first inning for L.A. Sets a new Major League Baseball record for runs in a single postseason inning. Again, 15-3. to They got 11 in the first. They scored a total of seven earned runs against the Atlanta rookie starter, Kyle Wright, who only recorded two outs in the game. Then they got eight runs in two innings against the lefty Grant Dayton out of the Atlanta bullpen, who was really just put in there um, to eat up some outs, and and he didn't really do a great job of that either. Uh, The Braves' bullpen, though, after that, there will be something to be said about Hugh Oscar Yanoa. As he came in, you, you remember he started a game at Camden Yards against the Orioles earlier this season, and, and you know, he looked okay in that start. Uh, but four scoreless innings for Yanoa out of the Braves bullpen. Now, he did walk four guys, uh, but he only gave up one hit, and he really kind of uh, slowed down the Dodger attack. They did have to use Jacob Webb and then Shane Green to finish it off, but those guys each had scoreless appearances as well. And so the Braves saved the bullpen a little bit more going forward, uh, but their hitting situation, or excuse me, their pitching situation, I should say, does not look good moving forward. They basically have two starters they can trust. Uh, they're going with Bryce Wilson. He will start game four of this series with his first ever postseason start. Uh, that'll be an 8.08 p.m. Eastern time start game four on Thursday night. Bryce Wilson for the Braves, and then it's Clayton Kershaw after he was scratched from game two with back stiffness. He will start game four for the Dodgers. Got to give the advantage to L.A. to even up this series tonight. The other game was was a much closer game than the NL game. It was Astros 4, Rays 3 in Game 4 of the ALCS as the Astros keep their season alive. Uh, it's now a 3-1 to one series lead for the Rays as they will look tonight to get to their second ever World Series. Uh, for the Astros, they, they got some big hits in the game. Altuve with a big home run, and then obviously the deciding blow, a George Springer two-run shot 
off the very top of the Western Metal Supply Company uh, brick building in San Diego in the fifth inning, gave Houston a 4-2 lead. Randy Rosarena stayed hot for the Rays, hit another home run in the game, and the Rays did get one in the ninth. They had the tying run at third with two outs, uh, but Yoshi Sutsugo flew out uh, to deep right field to end the game. And so the Astros do stay alive. Game five of that series is the early game today, 5.07 p.m. Eastern time on TBS on Thursday. Neither team has named a starting pitcher for this game five, but it does look like that both teams are going to have to go with some sort of a bullpen game here in game five. Obviously, advantage Rays there. I do think the Rays take the series here on Thursday, but two more good baseball games coming up today now of course the good news playoff baseball is on the bad news uh, with the Orioles is that uh, they made uh, some interesting and, and disappointing moves on Thursday the Orioles either laid off or furloughed 46 employees on Thursday people you know spanning across uh, different office jobs in the front office and and in things like the the PR department and the financial department ticket sales and others as as they said it was a result of the financial impact of coronavirus they terminated 11 employees three of them full-time employees and then furloughed 35 others on thursday um they really affected all the the departments um in the organization dan Connolly of the athletic reported this first on thursday um but you know it's 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 tough to see it happen and and I know coronavirus is giving a lot of businesses a hit, but listen, I mean, this is a, a professional baseball team with an owner with a lot of money. And, you know, if you're the Angeloses, and, and you know, Peter Angelos has a history of still paying his employees, even through the labor strike in the 90s. Uh, but, but that was not the case here. Again, 11 terminations, 35 furloughed total of 46 employees either laid off or furloughed here in the offseason. You know, again, I get the economic impact of the coronavirus, but a professional sports team is making a whole lot of money and an owner with plenty of money to pay these employees throughout the offseason until we get to 2021. Not the right thing to do to lay off and furlough these employees. Um, and it's disappointing to see from an Orioles organization that at least in that stance, you know, has has in the past been good about keeping their employees on when it does get to tough times like this. But that not the case here in 2020. And again, just very disappointing to see the Orioles make that decision. And hopefully those who, who did lose their jobs uh, will catch on somewhere else very quickly. And, and we wish them all the best moving forward. But down to the field for the Orioles, we continue here our 2020 Orioles Report Card Grade Series. As earlier in the week, go back into the archives uh, on Monday and Tuesday of this week, we talked about the starting outfielders with Joe Paparato. Back on Monday, we took a look at Anthony Santander and Austin Hayes, and then on Tuesday, Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle. Now we get to the bench outfielders, and it'll be part one of a two-part conversation with Dylan Atkinson of Utah Street Report. And part two will be tomorrow, but part one today, we're going to take a look at two guys. We'll quickly talk about Dilson Herrera in this episode, who got very little time with the Orioles, but stayed in the organization, a former top prospect uh, with the Mets. 
but we're going to go deep into the season for Dwight Smith Jr. and why he maybe had the most disappointing season of any Oriole that ended with a DFA in the middle of the season. So we'll get to all that in part one of our conversation about the bench outfielders, talking Dilson Herrera and Dwight Smith Jr. with Dylan Atkinson of Utah Street Report. That comes up after the break. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. So you can use that money for other important things, like a mortgage or food. But why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? That's where rockauto.com comes in. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, so we are joined by Dylan Atkinson, a writer for Utah Street Report, uh, previously at MassInSports.com and over at Oz Uncensored as well. Uh, he rejoins the podcast as we continue our Orioles 2020 season report card series. As we're going to talk about some of the reserve outfielders here, uh, four guys who had a very varying group of uh of of roles on the Orioles this season, uh, but should be an interesting conversation. And Dylan, first of all. Thank you so much for coming back on the pod. Hey, Connor. Uh, thanks for having me back on, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, and so we we have you on to talk the the bench outfielders that I've grouped together, and, and that's going to be DJ Stewart, Mason Williams, Dwight Smith Jr., and Dilson Herrera. Now, definitely um, of varying importance uh, to the Orioles this season. Um, so I do want to start, though, with with a guy who I think out of these four definitely had the most disappointing year. Um, in 2020. And that was Dwight Smith Jr., who, of course, came over on waivers from the Toronto Blue Jays last year for the Orioles. And, you know, it was a pretty solid piece um, in the Orioles lineup throughout 2019. You know, he he wasn't setting the world on fire, but but he was a, a solid major league player uh, and a good left-handed bat who the Orioles could put into the lineup. That changed a lot in 2020. Um, and Dwight Smith Jr. eventually got DFA'd this season after just 21 games and 72 plate appearances. He was hitting 222 with a 306 on base, 79 weighted runs created plus, um, and the defense was really bad as well. And, you know, it's it's surprising to think back uh, that, that that was kind of, you know, one of the lower points of the Orioles season, it feels like, when when Dwight Smith Jr. was DFA'd, and, and it was a little bit of a surprising move, but but he was not playing well this season. No, he, uh, Smith was a, a, a huge disappointment for the Orioles this season. I mean, uh, I, I know uh, early on last season after he, he was claimed on waivers from Toronto, he uh, he kind of quickly became a, a fan favorite in Baltimore because he got off to a hot start at the plate. He, he was hitting well against both righties and lefties. And uh, I, I think the connection with his father in Baltimore also was a, was a huge impact and if you think about uh, right before this season started, 
Um, he was huge with representing the Orioles in the MLB 20, the show Players League tournament. So uh, and I, I think the fans had a strong connection with him. But uh, at, he his bat kind of started to trail downward uh, after his injury last season. Uh, I can't remember exactly when the injury occurred, but but after he he returned from from that uh, injured list, the bat just was never the same. And uh, he's always been a below average defensive left fielder, and that showed again in 2020. But the uh, the bat not coming around on top of it, it, it really just left the Orioles with no choice but to DFA him. Yeah, you know, it's it was really a small sample size, obviously. He only got 72 plate appearances this year as opposed to 392 last year. Uh, but the offensive numbers at the end of the day are fairly similar to last year, obviously, if you extrapolate them. But the issue was, you know, as you said, he kind of started hot last year and then he tailed off, which is why those numbers looked like that. He kind of continued that tail off into this season. Um, and the defense wasn't good, and he made some base running mistakes. So, so I'll start with you, Dylan. What what kind of grade did you give to Smith for for what was a disappointing season that did finish with him still in the organization, uh, but with a lot of question marks for him going forward? Um, but some people may take this as harsh. Um, I, I can't go all the way down to an F, but uh, I'm going to give him a D minus. Um, and I, I think there may be a possibility he stays in the organization, but I, I have a tough time seeing him on the 40-man roster again going into 2021. So I can't give him anything higher than a D- minus on my end. Yeah, I went with a D, um, basically in, in the same boat as you there. Um, you know, I felt like he was at least not swinging the bat horribly the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, he had a home run off of Garrett Cole in that, that first series against the Yankees um, at Camden Yards. But after that, the bat went down. Really, you know, there's a couple defining moments I think I remember from from Dwight Smith this season. Uh, one of them is just kind of chunking together his defense. You know, it, it was noticeably not great last year, but but you did kind of feel like it could be, you know, average at best. This year, you could really tell he was clearly a below-average defensive left fielder, um, and he just did not have the range that it felt like he had last year. Um, the throwing arm is not there, and he was really a liability out there. And then there was that play against Toronto earlier in the season, that extra inning game when he ran through a stop sign at third base um, when the Orioles were, were down by a run and, and got himself picked off um, and, and really cost the Orioles a chance to tie that game and, and continue that in a one-run loss uh, to the Blue Jays earlier in the season. And that was you know shortly before he ended up getting DFA'd. Um, and that's kind of the last Dwight Smith Jr. moment that sticks in your mind this season. And it was a really rough year for him. And as you said, you know, I don't see him being on the 40, man. He, he could definitely be, you know, a, a guy who comes back next year. Um, but but it could be tough for him going into next season. And, you know, unfortunately, because you mentioned he was a fan favorite, it was great to see him, you know, put the Orioles on the map and, and do well in that MLB The Show uh, tournament that they did. Uh, but But if I had to guess, I would think wherever he is, Dwight Smith Jr. probably starts the 2021 season uh, in triple a, whether it's with the Orioles or another ball club. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. It, it's, it's been a sad downward spiral for him over the past season, season and a half. Um, but, uh, I, I wish him well, but, but right now with the, uh, with the poor defense in the outfield, it, it really seems like, uh, at times, like you mentioned with the throwing arm, 
it, it, at times it, it seemed like he didn't even know how below average of a throwing arm he had. You just saw him airmailing it out to home plate and not even being close or not even being close to being a ball that could be cut off by the third baseman at all. So I, I think, think there were at times where he just needed to learn to stay within himself. And, and like you said, the, uh, the, the base running blunder – against Toronto that was shortly before he got DFA'd. There's one thing I've learned about Brandon Hyde over the last two seasons is it seems like the more angry he gets, it's because of base running blunders. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's something he's harped on and something he really wanted to to kind of nip in the bud this year after the Orioles really struggled on the base paths at times in 2019. Um, and, and they were better at times this year, but they also made some gaffes. Um, and that's definitely one that sticks out. And and you look at Dwight Smith Jr.'s StatCast page, I mean, he was negative 10 on outs above average um, last year, a, a defensive metric that, you know, tries to show how many how many more outs you can get a team or how many less outs you can get a team. And, and a negative 10 number for a season last year was not good. And he was at negative three in the shortened season this year. Um, and, and just another thing that, that kind of combined to, to get him DFA'd. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens um, to him this off season, but we're going to get to a couple guys here quickly who, you know, I kind of threw on this list because they were, um, you know, bench outfielders for the Orioles this season, but, but two guys who, who didn't play a huge role, but, but we did see up with the O's and, and are still technically um, in the Orioles organization. Uh, the first guy we will do uh, extremely quickly here. And, and that was Dilson Herrera, who, who really got one stint, um, up with the Orioles this season. Now he did have a a pretty good summer camp and a pretty good spring training, and there were murmurs about him potentially making you know the opening day roster, whether it was you know back in April um, or in July. But he just missed out on the opening day roster um, in July and and had to settle for what really ended up being his one chance um, on the major league roster this year. And so I guess we can you know. Each give them a grade for for that short time here quickly. If uh, you want to go first, Dylan. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, he got zero hits in three games. He hasn't played at the major league level since 2018. Uh, he had no real shot at the big league level this year, but this was once a guy, like you said, during spring training in the summer camp who was lighting it up. So a lot of people were actually having a, a feeling that he had a legitimate shot at carving out a utility role with the team. So to not even be able to get a shot at that, I believe, could reveal that he wasn't showing any promise at the AA training site to deserve a call. Uh, I thought I was going to be easy on Herrera given the, the zero expectations, but it was a little bit more than zero, and he couldn't even live up to that. I mean, I think I have to go with the F here. Yeah, and that's fair. I just – I go with the C because, you know, although you, you can probably assume that at the at the training site – because we just didn't see much of them and, and, you know, it felt like a lot of positive things were happening in spring training and summer camp. I'll give them just the average C uh, really, really the only thing I can remember about Herrera from this season is uh, the, the weekend that the Orioles took three out of four from the Yankees. Uh, he was actually up with a chance to walk off game one of that double header, uh, which could have potentially given the Orioles a four game sweep. And he yanked a ball down the line that I thought was a walk off Homer off the bat and ended up drifting foul and, uh, he ended up not getting the run home uh, with a runner on third and less than two outs. But again, you know, six plate appearances in three games, he went 0 for 5 uh, with four strikeouts. And so uh, he did get hit by a pitch. He was on base one time this year, uh, but that's about it for Herrera. 
um, who, who, who really didn't do much for the Orioles. And, and, you know, the one thing with him though, is uh, he used to be a pretty highly rated prospect with the Mets. He's only 26 years old. He can play a lot of positions and you'll definitely see the Orioles most likely give him a shot um, in spring training next year. You'd have to think. Yeah, I, I would think that they would, they would give him one more shot. It would be hard to say him not. I mean, let's be honest, even with the uh, the hot streak with the Orioles this season and everything, we're still in a rebuild here. So that they're going to be giving plenty of opportunities to, to guys for uh, for trying to get guys on, on the 40-man roster. There's going to be a lot of competition in spring training. So uh, it, it would be surprising to see him not back next year. So again, our thanks to Dylan Atkinson of Utah Street Report for coming on the pod again. Again, that was part one of a two-part conversation grading out the Orioles bench outfielders for the 2020 season. And obviously a quick talk about Herrera, uh, but a really interesting conversation there about Dwight Smith Jr. and what happened in his 2020 season. And it will be interesting to see, you know, he did clear waivers when he was DFA'd and he spent the rest of the year at the alternate training site in Bowie. But, uh, you know, he feels, and, and we've seen him definitely at, at many times, he's a major league caliber player, uh, but he really needs to improve that outfield defense. And and you could argue that the offensive struggles is just a slump. It's a very shortened season, and in that much shorter sample size, it's hard to see what you're getting from him. So I would still trust his bat moving forward. Uh, but if he doesn't improve the defense, he's really not going to have a spot on the Orioles because the outfield and that DH role in general, very crowded uh, will be very crowded for Baltimore in 2021. So he's going to have to really improve the outfield defense. Uh, there's still a chance he could be in the organization. Maybe he's in Norfolk next year, but but I think there's definitely a good chance Dwight Smith Jr. may be with another organization in 2021, but we will certainly see. Uh, part two of this conversation is going to be coming up tomorrow. Uh, Dylan will be back with us. We will talk uh, briefly about Mason Williams, and then we will get into the season for DJ Stewart. That's going to be most of tomorrow's episode. What a roller coaster ride it was for Stewart in 2020. We'll talk about all that and what it means for his future with the Orioles for the former O's first round pick. But if you're liking all these conversations, again, we've got all these report card grades back in the archives over the last couple weeks. Uh, Go and check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And while you're there, uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast um, if you haven't already. And then give us a rating and a review if you can. That really helps out the pod moving forward. But again, we're back tomorrow. Part two of the Bench Outfielders looking at Mason Williams. And then more importantly, we break down this crazy season that was for DJ Stewart. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.